Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi Rabbil Alemin. Ve sallallahu ve baraka ala aşrufu anbiya ve mursalin. Nebine Muhammed ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ve selleme teslima kethira. Ama ba'd. Elhamdülillah. In the previous lesson, we discussed the chapter referring to the ghusl of the janaba and some of the ahkam pertaining to that and the rulings that are related to that and this was following on from the chapters that we were discussing regarding the wudu so we discussed the wudu referring to the sifr to the wudu yani the, 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 the explanation of how the wudu is performed and following on from that we discussed the mas and wiping over the socks. Why? Because this is from the actions which can be done as part of the wudu if conditions are, are the if the conditions are fulfilled. And so, because there are um, many masayil, or there are quite a few masayil that are included within that discussion of wiping over the socks, essentially, this is why I had this whole separate chapter. And thereafter. We discuss the Nawakir al Wudu. And this essentially is based upon the Qaeda, the principle. I mean, Tamami Ma'rifati Shay, Ma'rifatu That in order to have a complete understanding of something, you must understand what opposes it. So, in order to fully understand the Bab of Wudu, then it's important that the person studies and understands the mujibat wudu. And what causes a person to need to perform the wudu and to, and to put themselves in the state of tahara. In the state of uh, tahara. Yani purity. And thereafter, we went on to the chapter which we discussed yesterday, or last week rather, which was the chapter pertaining to the ghusl, and the ghusl in the janaba, or the ghusl essentially now. And we mentioned that ghusl is of two types. Do you remember what they were? The obligatory and the preferable noun. The obligatory and that which was preferred and recommended. And so what is the obligatory, the obligatory ghusl? What's an example of when there's an obligation to perform ghusl? After marriage relations, for example. A janaba. So if the person is say to janaba, they have to perform ghusl. What else? Any, any, any no, so that would be janaba as well. When is it also an obligation to perform ghusl? Give you a clue, it's something that pertains to the women. No, after the head, after the end of the menses, and so then, uh, then now, when is it recommended to perform ghusl? Jumu'ah. Now, when sorry? When you enter Islam, now, now, take it. Now I'm entering to Islam. 
And essentially, when a person wants to perform the ghusl with the intent of nadafa, yani being in a state of cleanliness, so they're not seeking to remove any impurity, any what is referred to as ritual impurity, but they want to be in a state of general cleanliness. So, due to that, they perform the ghusl. And they don't, and they, they see the, the manasaba performing the ghusl. So, this is what we discussed last week, alhamdulillah. And bin Munasib and that which is uh, suitable is that we go on to discuss what is in place of this action of or these actions of Yani Tahara. So whether it be the Tahara, the minor impurity, and how do you purify yourself from the minor impurity? Although of course. Or if it be the major impurity, which you purify yourself from the major impurity from. By way of what, sorry? By way of ghusl. So, this next chapter we're going to look through today, inshallah ta'ala, is the Bab al-Tayammum. And the chapter was pertaining to Tayammum. And it's a shorter chapter. And uh, we'll go through this in uh, a shorter amount of time than usual, I believe. And Tayammum essentially is the action which is done in place of the wudu or in place of the wudu or the ghusl yani in place of the the purification which is done using water and so essentially at tayammum first and foremost if we were looking at discussing a particular affair what we say the first thing we look at is if we're looking at discussing a particular uh, new topic What's the first thing that we look at? Definition. Definition is ta'rif. And so at tayammum, lughatan, linguistically, it means al-qast, yani intent, al-qast. And an, indita- an indication of that, or an example of that, in the state of Allah, tabarak wa ta'ala, wala tayammamu khabir. Yeah, they do not intend that which is unlawful or evil. And in terms of a tayammum shara'an, the tayammum in a sharia, then a tayammum in a sharia is the action of purification of using the torab, using the earth, or anything natural, and wiping the face and wiping the hands. Wiping the face and wiping the hands. And this is <coughs> this is the action of a tayammum. And so this is mentioned in the ayah where Allah Ta'ala mentions Fatayammamu Saidan Tayyiban Fam Sahu Biwajuhikum wa Aidiakum. And so perform the tayammum of the pure or the pure natural earth. And thus wipe over the face, the faces and the hands. So this is the, this is the discussion around the tayammum. And Ibn Qudam, rahimahullah, mentions, he begins by mentioning the sifat of tayammum, by the description of the tayammum. And he says, sifatuhu an yadriba biyadehi ala sa'id al-tayyib darbatan wahida. 
فيمسح بهما وجهه وكفيه لقول النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لعمار إنما كان يكفيك هكذا وضرب يديه الأرض فمسح بهما وجهه وكفيه وإن تيمم بأكثر من ضربة أو مسح أكثر جاز So it begins by mentioning that the tayammum is to strike the earth with the hands. I have one strike, one. And then to wipe over the face, first the wipes over his face and the wipes over his hands. And this is due to the hadith of Ammar, Ammar ibn Yasir, radiallahu anhu, where the Prophet ﷺ stated, Indeed, it is sufficient for you to do this. I have sufficient for you to do this, this, to do this, this particular action. And thus he, والسلام, performed the action of Tayyamun, where he struck his hands upon the ground, and then used them to wipe over his face, and then his palms, يعني, his hands. And then Ibn Khudayim mentions as well, and the tayammum, to form tayammum, by way of striking more than once, or wiping more than once, is also permissible. So to strike more than once, or to wipe more than once, is also something which is permissible. So the first thing we want to look at, Barakallahu Fikum, is the affair of the striking. Naam, the affair of the striking. I striking on the, on the earth. And it's mentioned, now that it's something which is permissible to strike once or more than once. It's mentioned here by Ibn, Ibn Qudama towards the end of the Sifra. Now, towards the end of the Sifra. And this is something that is mentioned by, by Shaykh Islam Ibn Taymiyyah, where he mentions that if the person was to perform the tayammum, bidarbatain, or akthar. Naam jaz. If the person was to perform the tayammum by way of striking twice or more, then this is also permissible. So what we understand from this is that the person, no doubt, he begin, he should perform the tayammum by striking just once, or at least once. But if they strike more than once, then this is something which is regarded as being permissible and uh, now something which is regarded as being permissible. Thereafter, Shaykh al-Shaykh Ubaid, he mentions that you have this hadith, this hadith of Ammar, this hadith of Ammar ibn Yasir, where it mentions that the person or the message of Allah, sallallahu rather, he after the striking, he wiped the face and then the hands. Naam. So he wiped the face and the hands within this, within this narration. So, this is the first discussion and this is the first example of how the person will perform the tayammum. And this is the hadith found in Sahihain. Naam, the hadith found in Sahihain, Bukhari Muslim. Then you have another narration. Of Ibn Umar 
where he mentions the tayammum being performed and then wiping over the hands and then the face. Naam. So we understand what the, the masala we have at hand. The first masala, or the first hadith rather, is the hadith of Amar ibn Yasir. Amar ibn Yasir, the hadith mentions wiping over the face and then the hands. Naam. So performing tayammum and wiping over the face and then the hands. Then you have the narration of Ibn Umar, which is found in Sahih Muslim, where it mentions wiping over the hands and then the face. What are we going to do with these two hadith? What are we going to do? Try to reconcile. Okay, how do you reconcile? They're both permissible. So you can do either way. Yeah. Okay, anyone agree? Agree? <laughs> now, essentially that's what it is. That both hadith, both uh, both hadith are hadith sahih. The first hadith of Ma'abun Yasir is sahih. Bukhari Muslim. Second hadith Ibn Umar is sahih Muslim. They're both a hadith sahih. And what this indicates is that unlike wudu, uh, to Yamun, there's no specific tartib for it. There's no specific order that it has to be done. So we know wudu, there's a specific order that has to be done. In order that the wudu has to be done in, in a specific order. As for the tayammum, then it can be done in any which order. As long as you fulfill the wiping over the face and wiping over the hands. So as long as these two things are fulfilled, then the it's, uh, it's permissible. So, in this regard, the wiping is lay sharat. The wiping over, or the, the, sorry, the tartib is lay sharat. It's not, it's not a condition to have a particular order. Thereafter as well, we have a discussion about the hands. What is regarded as being the hands? Now, the Sambal Ahlul Ilm, they mention that the yet, the yet is what? When we say the yet. Now, up until elbow so you have some people that some that mentioned that the wiping is wiping up until the elbow Naam. and they mentioned this due to a narration uh, which is which is which is mentioned that the Prophet وسلم, he performed a tayammum the Prophet performed the tayammum. He performed the tayammum and he struck the one strike and it wiped over the face. And then he wiped over the hands up until where? The elbow. The arm. 
up until the elbow. This is narration. However, the reality is this narration here is one and allowed to Allah knows best, a narration which is Mokuf. A narration which is Mokuf. Mokuf meaning we mentioned it before I believe. What's if you say narration is Mokuf? What does that mean? Say a narration is Mokuf. Not weak, not necessarily weak. Not authentic. Well, I could be connected. Yeah. Mokuf. Uh, hadith that's stronger than that. Not necessarily that either. Do you even know what hadith marfu' is? So it's ascribed to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So then what's that? What's the narration of mawkuf then? If marfu' is ascribed to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, mawkuf is what then? Ascribed to the Sahabi. Ascribed to the Sahabi. Now, so it's a narration which is ascribed to the Sahabi, Mokuf ascribed to the Sahabi. So this is a narration <clears throat> of, of Ibn Simma al Ansari. This is Sahabi. <coughs> the narration of Ibn Simma al Sahabi. And you have another narration with the same mentioning as well of wiping up until the elbows. And it's a narration of Jabir. Ibn Abdullah. And you have another narration as well of wiping up to, well, the elbow again of Ali ibn Abi Talib. So, however, why is this, how can we say, or why do we not accept this as the correct manner in which to perform the tayammum? Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's action proceeds all that. What was the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's action? Wiped only the hands. Due to the hadith previously mentioned, the hadith of Ammar ibn Yasir. So we have the hadith of Ammar ibn Yasir. Where it mentions the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentions, now it's sufficient for you to do this. I struck the ground, wiped the face, and then wiped the hands. Naam. Or the hadith of Ibn Umar even. Where he wiped the hands and wiped the face. So he wiped the hands and wiped the face. Likewise as well, when the, the word of the yet, atlak, yani, where it's mentioned, where it just mentions the hand, generally what is understood when mentioning the hand is up to the wrist. Where it's mentioned al itlaq an example of that, or the proof of that, is the same of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Asadik wa sadik tu fakta'u aidihuma jazaa. Asadik wa sadik tu fakta'u aidihuma jazaa. 
And so, the proof for that is the same of Allah, that the male or female thief, then thus you cut their hands as a recompense for what they have done. Yeah, there's recompense for the action. And the word Aidi mentioned within the ayah is mentioned just as the word Aidi. They need the hands. We understand when it comes to the cutting of the hand of the Sadiq, the cutting of the hand of the one that is the, the thief is done where? Up to the wrist. Now I'm up to the wrist. Make sense? Likewise as well, if you want to if you want to discuss the AD, the hands, and the proof of that needs to be, or you, you want to include the elbow in that, then as we understand from that, there has to be a mentioning of the elbow itself. As is mentioned in the ayah of the wudu. And then wash the hands rather up until the elbow. So the mention of the elbow. So we know that it's inclusive of that. Does that make sense, Iqman? So this is the the discussion around the where the actual washing or where the actual uh, striking occurs and the wiping occurs. So then the author goes on to mention So Tayammum has four conditions. Oh, it was illa bithamil khafir. And so, the first condition, there's four conditions mentioned by Ibn Khudam. The first condition, which has to be there in order for you to perform the tayammum, is that the person has an inability to use water. They have an inability to use water. And now, this inability to use water can be due to a variety of different reasons. From those reasons is that the water is ma'adum. It's not there, it's not present. So the water is not there in the first place to use it. Or that there's a fear of harm in using the water. So if the person wants to use the water, then they fear particular harm. And due to that, or an example of that would be an illness. The person has an illness and if they use the water, that this illness will become more severe. So either the illness will become more severe or the use of the water will delay, with the permission of Allah, delay the person's ilaj, their treatment, and then, being, and then becoming better. Or an example as well is that the person, they fear that if they use water, that, or they use water, the harm could come for them due to extreme cold. So for example, it's extremely cold and they don't have any access to hot water, for example. So they have water, but they don't have access to hot water. So they fear by way of using that cold water in that extreme cold as well, that it would cause 
uh, harm, greater harm as well. Or, for example, as well, the person fears, uh, fears the harm of thirst. So they use the water and they fear that they may become thirsty by way of using that water. And so, here, as is mentioned, these are some of the circumstances in which the person where the, there is no water, يعني, or that the use of water is harmful. And Shaykh the Shaykh Obeid, he mentions some detail in relation to that. So he mentions in relation to the water, the person they fear using the water due to thirst, for example. That in such a scenario, if the person fears, because here is mentioned as well, if the person is able to use the golden dimension, fin amkanahu istimalu fi ba'da badnihi a wajda ma'an la yakfili taharatihi. So he mentions here, Ibn Khudama mentions, that if the person is able to use the water on some of his body, or he finds water which is sufficient for some of his body, sufficient to do some of the wudu, for example, then he does that which the water allows for him to do, and then he performs the yamun for the remainder. Now, what we understand from this now, and then the Sheikh, Sheikh Abed, mentions tafsir, mentions more detail in relation to this. He says, if the person is mutar, so they're in a state, or they're in great need, naam, for that water. So they're in great need of the water. For example, the person only has this small amount of water. Maybe, for example, they're on a journey. They only have a small amount of water. And that water can only, is, is the only water they have to drink. It's the only thing they have to drink. And if they were to perform the wudu, then they'll have nothing left to drink. And they may face yeah, the dehydration and the likes of that. So he has a small amount of water. And the water is so small to the extent that he wouldn't be able to complete the wudu even. So he may be able to wash the face and maybe do the, the, the hands and the arms. And that's it. Sheikh Obeidi mentions in this scenario, it wouldn't be a case that the person uses that water and performs the wudu, that performs the wudu of using the water that is there and then performs the tiyamma for the baqi, as mentioned in, in the, the speech of Ibn Khudama. And in this scenario, the person would, would not use the water at all, I for tahara. And they would leave the water and use it for their needs. And rather, they would perform tiyamma for the whole of the tahara. Now, does it make sense? Jayyad. So that's the first scenario. Then you have the next scenario where the person is not mutar. He's not in dire need of that water. Naam. However, the water does not suffice. And the water he has does not suffice for him to purify himself. Then in this scenario, what we can say is that, as is mentioned in the text, 
that the person would perform a tayammum, that would perform the wudu, or purify themselves with the water that they have, and whatever they're not able to complete, then they perform tayammum in place of that. Now, does that make sense? So, essentially, Sheikh Obey, what Sheikh Obey is mentioning, Allah, is the farq between the two. So he's differentiating between the two. I saw that it's not just if the person has the water, then if he has a small amount of water, he must perform the tayam, the, the, the wudu with whatever water he has. No, I'm rather, there's more detail to it, and it's dependent upon the circumstance. It's dependent upon the person's personal circumstance. Now, so that's the, the first affair, the first condition. Then you have a, a shalt of thani, the second condition, which is al-waqt. So, the second is a discussion about the waqt, the time. And Ibn Qudam, he mentions that a person should not perform the tayammum for the farida, yani for the obligatory prayer, before it's time. So he should perform, he shouldn't, he should not perform the tayammum before it's time for the obligatory prayer. And as for the nafila, they should not perform the tayammum, yani, in the time where it is menhi an, it's, uh, it's impermissible to, to pray I, the, the voluntary prayers. So for example, if a person wants to pray his voluntary prayer, and it's between Asr and Maghrib. Naam. Then it's from the speech here of Ibn Qudama. He's mentioning that the person should not pray or should not perform the tiyamun for that. And for that prayer. Sheikh Obeid, again, he mentions some tafsil in that regard, some more detail in that regard. And he mentions that the tiyamun itself is placed in the place of water. Now I'm so for example there's no water for for purification. Tiyamum's in it tayammum is in its place. And he mentions again and he mentions that wudu for wudu there's two scenarios. There's halatan. There's two wudu uh, there's two scenarios for wudu. The first scenario for wudu is that the person is performing the wudu before the time of the salah. So they're performing the wudu before the time of salah. So for example, they just want to renew their tahara. They want to renew their tahara. And in this scenario, performing the wudu before the salah is an action which is sunnah. It's an action which is sunnah. And it's khayr. And then you have the scenario where the person is performing the wudu for the salah. That's the second scenario. The person is performing the wudu for the salah. And so in this scenario, no, that is obligatory. In this scenario, it's obligatory. And so we mentioned, rahimahullah, that the tayammum is in the place of the wudu. The tayammum is in the place of the wudu. 
And so because the Tayyab was in the place of the wudu, then we would not say that the person has to perform Tayyab at the time of the Salah itself. Because they perform, they're, they're performing the action of Tahara, essentially. And it's just a case that the water is not present. Or they cannot use water. And so, the Sheikh mentions rather, the person does not perform the Tayyamun, or the person can rather can perform the Tayyamun before the time of the Salah. Now, now, if the person performs the Tayyamun before the time of the Salah, but then once the time of the Salah enters, they are able to find water, then in this scenario, they have to use the water. They cannot say that I've used, I've made Tayyamun, now I'm before the time of the Salah, and I'm now in the state of purity. Does that make sense? Now, so, this is differentiation. If the person was to perform the Tayyamun before the time of the Salah, the time of the Salah enters, they still don't have water. Or they're still in a scenario where they can't use, in a circumstance where they can't use water. Then they perform the Salah. If, however, they perform the, they perform Tayyamun before the time of the Salah again, and then, once the time of the Salah enters, they find themselves in a circumstance where they can access water. Then upon them is to perform the Wudu. Upon them is to use the water in that scenario. So again, when we're talking about the waqt of salah, the time of the salah, there is no itlaq. So we can't say, al itlaq, you cannot perform the tayammum outside the time of salah. Rather, you cannot perform the, the, the tayammum outside the time of the salah and expect it to be sufficient for you all the way through the salah, for example. Up until, or up until that time of salah. It doesn't suffice. As soon as you find water, that excuse is gone. And that tayammum is only there, naam, as an udr, or as, a, as an allowance for you. Once that reason for that allowance is gone, then it's upon you to purify yourself. Another example of that, and we'll come into it, we'll go into it in more detail when we actually enter the chapter, is the example of the fasting individual. Now, I'm the fasting individual. So, the person, or let's say, for example, Ramadan. It's Ramadan, the person is traveling. So, it's Ramadan and you've left uh, Manchester, you're Birmingham. Now, do you fast? Or can you fast? Or can you break the fast? Yeah, yeah. Now, so it's Ramadan. Uh, iftar at 7 p.m. and it's and it, you're in Birmingham at 3 p.m. Do you go to Mac Halal? So you can you can you can break your fast. What do you mean, what's up on the journey? You're a traveler. No, nah, you're a traveler. Since you're a traveler, no, so you can break the fast. So, you leave at 3 p.m. and you come back to Manchester and it's 4.30. Now, remember if it's 7. Do you have to continue to fast? Yes, because the, the reason is Exactly. So the same thing occurs. 
So the same thing. The reason why you were able to break the fast is no longer there. Now you're back in Manchester. So you're back your residence again. Now so the other that you had, the allowance that you had, or the excuse that you had, is no longer there. So you've come back, even though it's before the time of breaking the fast. Now you still have to continue to fast up until that that fast ends. Does that make sense? Do you? Now, uh, in this scenario as well, the person would have to make up the fast for that day. Because even though they've broken the fast at some point, well, or because they've broken the fast at some point, then they haven't completed the full day of fasting, they have to make up that day. But because whatever reason they have has been removed, then they have to, and Allah Ta'ala knows best, they have to resume the fasting. So going back to the topic of today, the tayammum, that as soon as whatever has caused them to have that reason to perform the tayammum, i.e. Not, not having water, for example, then as soon as that is removed, they have to, for example, uh, make the wudu' now. I will be in this scenario here. Now, they, don't, they, don't, they can't find water and they find water. Or even, for example, it's extremely cold and then it warms up. Now, it's extremely cold and they only have cold water, then the boiler turns on. They have hot water. Now, so in this scenario, they would have to use the water at that point. And they cannot, they cannot suffice with the tayammum. So the person, for example, they perform, they perform tayammum before the time of Dhuhr. And the time of Dhuhr enters, if they can now use water, they must use water before they perform in the Salah. Now, and that's the, that's the, the nuances that is mentioned in this regard by Shaykh, Shaykh al-Shaykh Ubaid. Rahimahullah. Thereafter, we have the third condition, a thalith, which is aniyah. Now, attention. فَإِنْ تَيَمَّمَ لِلنَّافِلَ لَمْ يَسَلِّ بِهَا فَرِيدًا وَإِنْ تَيَمَّمَ لَفَرِيدًا فَلَهُ فِعْلُهَا وَفِعْلُ مَا شَاءَ مِنْ فَرَائِدْ وَنَوَافِلْ حَتَّى يَخْرُجْ وَقْتُهَا And the third condition is the need, the intention. Now, That the person, for example, if they use, if they have the intention to perform the tiyamun for a nafila, then they cannot use that intention for the farida. Naam, and if the person uses the intention or have the intention to perform the tiyamun for the farida, then it's for the farida and the nafila. Naam, it's for the obligatory prayer and the voluntary prayer. The reason why that this is mentioned is that essentially. If you use the if you have the tiyamum and you and you have this tahara and the state of tahara, state of purity for the greater act, then it can be used for anything lesser than that. Naam. And so this is the intent. However, again going back to what we discussed previously as well, that if we understand that the tiyamum is in place, that the tiyamum is in place of the wudu. Then as soon as the person makes tayyamum, they're in a state of purity. As long as the reasons that are there, and they have just reasons to make the tayyamum are there, then they must, or then they are in the state of 
obscurity and it's not regarded as being anything outside of that. So, and then we have the fourth condition. And the fourth condition is the use of a turab, yeah, using the earth. And you have to use the earth which is tahir, of course, that which is pure. And the reason why is because it's in place of the water. And the water has to be pure in of itself. Now, And so, Ibn Qudam goes on to mention as well, We yubtila tiyammum ma'a yubtila tuharatil ma'a wa khuruj al-waqt wa kudra ala isti'mal al-ma'a wa inkana fis-salah. And so, finally, he mentions what nullifies your tuhara, first and foremost, or the tiyammum, is what nullifies the tahara al ma What's meant by that? What nullifies the tahara of water? Najasa. Sorry? Now, Afwan, what I mean is... Now, so if your person has made a tayammum, what nullifies them being in that state of tahara after making tayammu? The nawak al wudu. So the things that nullify the wudu will nullify tayammu. It's the same thing. Now, only things that nullify wudu? I think they nullify the wudu, yani. I'm saying is it only the things that nullify the wudu? No, plus water. If water becomes no, okay, we'll come to that, inshallah. Okay. But we're saying the things that nullify the the, the tayammum from, and you're saying, it's, and I'm saying, is it the only thing that nullify the wudu? No, no, it's in the passage of time as well. And we'll come to that as well. Janaba <laughs> <laughs> as well. Now, it's important to understand the greater affairs as well as the smaller, so that we don't just focus on, okay, it's just, nullifies of wudu if that makes sense that it's important to understand that the hadith of akbar of course will nullify the person state of tayammu or state of tahara that they that they entered due to tayammu so the things that nullified or the things that are from the hadith of akbar or the hadith of asghar and the major impurities or the minor impurities will mean that they are that is is batala or batala al tahara or batala al tahara now, and thereafter as well, is mentioned the khuruj al-waqt, i.e. the passing of the time, so you come out of the time of the salah, for example. Do you agree with that? Let me lift the time of the salah. It depends. It depends if water is available. So if it is... Nullifies it if it isn't. It's in the state of Tahara. So it's in Tahara, that's, that's the closest. Does that make sense? So, what is mentioned here is that the person performs Tayammu 
and they form to Yom Mufal Zuhur. As soon as the time of Zuhur ends, then they're no longer the state of Tahara. Now, reality is, is that they perform to Yom and they perform to Yom as an action of Tahara. So, as long as they're in that state of Tahara and they haven't done anything that nullifies the Tahara, then they still remain in that state. Now, and then the the final thing mentioned is the kudra ala istimal al ma. And for the thing that nullifies it as well is having the ability to use water. The person has the ability to use water. In the kudra al istimal al ma. So can anyone think of an example of that, a scenario like that? The water becomes warm. It rains. It rains. Yeah, it, rains. it rains. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Especially here in Manchester, there's enough rain. <laughs> there's enough rain to form water on our body. Now because where that can happen, Anyway, 
Now they perform the salah anyway. Based upon the qaida taken from the ayah, la yukallifullahu nafsan illa wus'aha. The law does not burn us home when it compare. And taken from the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, fattakullaha masata'atum and fear Allah as much as you're able to. So, in this scenario, we understand that the time of the salah takes precedence. Now, so anything that is regarded as being from from the earth, now from the earth, now the asal from the earth, from the earth, from the earth. The the tiamum stones. Yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah. Sas, sorry, sorry. How do you strike the ground? You don't have to hit too hard, but as you, 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 you place your hands upon the ground just enough for it for there to be some of the, the remnants of the Torah on your on your hands and as some you have this uh, speech as well from uh, from Khatabi where he mentions that uh, there's no harm in striking the ground and then blowing the hands to, to take off the, the, the remainder now so in terms of strike it's enough so that there's there's the remnants on, on the hands Um, from what I from what I understand is when you say the the hands is is including the whole of the hand, yeah, because it mentions the whole the whole hand, um, and what is up to the wrist. How much effort should we give in finding water? How much effort should be given to find the water? No doubt the person should exist whatever means they can to find the water, so they can't just say, you know, I just don't think there's water around, for example, or. You know, they can't have, there's no iflas no to fruit. No, so it's not excessive in that regard, nor are they lax in that regard. So, if they've exhausted all the avenues, and, for example, again, it becomes time sensitive and the time of salah may be exited, then they will, uh, then they can form the tiyamu. But if they haven't performed, if they haven't gone out in any real effort to find the water, or they know that by the time they come to water, that it will be still be the time of the salah. Then they wait till they get to the water, inshallah. Now, so like for example, in this country where we have long, long uh, salah times in the summer. Now, if you know that by the time when you reach your destination or wherever you're gonna be, then there's gonna be water. You wait till you get there. You don't just say because I want to pray now that I'm gonna perform tayammu. If the ghanab is done. If that your your strong assumption that you're gonna reach somewhere where there's, where there's gonna be water, then you do that, inshallah. Allah. What's that? No. If, if you need to make wudu. If you need to make wudu, yeah. Have water. You need to make tayammum. Mhm. What if you need to make ghusl? You don't have water. If you need to make ghusl, you don't need. They don't have water. Is that your question? What do you need to do? What do you do? They want to ask. You make tayammum. You make as well. So tayammum is for uh, wudu or ghusl, for the major or minor impurity. So if you need to make uh, ghusl, then you perform tayammum. If you need to make wudu, you need to perform tayammum as well. No. Yeah, that's a, that's sufficient. Like the normal way you would make up. Yeah, the exact same way. Yeah, so it doesn't, it doesn't matter whether it's for the major or minor impurity, the tiyamah is performed the same way. And what if it's for 
problematic. Sounds very problematic, that's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> we to, to remember, <laughs> when it's referring to the, the Ajahs, because remember the, the, the condition is that it's the Ajahs and the Stimad al So the person has difficulty in using the water. No. So it's not just a case that there's no water, remember. It's, it's a case where there's difficulty in using water. There might be water there anyway, but it's difficulty in using it. So then in that scenario, then it still would perform the tiyamu. And the person doesn't say, I perform wudu and suffice for wudu. It's still perform the tiyamu. Well, I don't know. Is, it, is the question clear? Uh, is the question, Abu Khalid's question clear? No. So he says that the person's in the state of Janaba and then someone comes past with water. So essentially, you're outside, for example, and there's no way for you to pull water, essentially. So even though there's water now, there's still that difficulty in performing the ghusl. No, I'm difficult. Yeah, it's somewhere between difficult and impossible. So that in this scenario, the person will still perform the temple. So saying, um, you need to have a ghusl So he needs to do ghusl or wudu? You have water and everything else. You have so water. You woke up late. Okay. And you woke up late. Then you, and you say by the time you finish. By the time you finished, uh, the prayer will finish. And the prayer time will come out. In this scenario, Lalo is best. The person still makes the ghusl. Still makes the ghusl. Still makes the wudu. It's just, of course, it's upon him to hasten with that. Because essentially, there's not going to be... If the person hastens towards the ghusl and the wudu, or the wudu, yani, whichever the situation is, there's not going to be a large time difference between the two, if that makes sense. Between doing tayammu and doing the, the ghusl or the wudu. So he hastens with the ghusl and the wudu. Allah knows best. Will that have the same ruling? Let's say if you have the fear of, let's say, your under takes care of a child, let's say a man getting water, It only has to be in the, in the extreme circumstances mm. where the person would be able to not go to get the water, if that makes sense. Extreme, extreme circumstances. Allah knows best. No, exactly. No. What if it's like the dirt, like, like, do you know the thing you're going to do with? What if it's like a little bit like muddy? So it's fine. If it's, just, if it's a bit muddy, it's fine. Why? Because mud itself isn't pure. Mm. Right? The only problem is if there's impurities in there. If it's impurities, then it's impure. Then we don't use it. But if it's muddy, mud itself is pure. And there's no problem with that. You know, the for example, the person can pray all, all the prayers on the time. Mm-hmm. We, for example, uh, like Fajr um, Zohar, we always pray on time. Like uh, you don't let it go like, closer to Asr and then you pray go with Asr. Sorry. No. 
ما في مي مي تيمو يكون وقت ظهر ما أريد تأخر حتى أنتظر يكون موجود مي ولكن إذا 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 تأخرت هل يكون الوقت يعني هل يكون الصلاة خارج الوقت أو في النفس داخل الوقت؟ داخل الوقت ولكن متأخر متأخر نعم فلا ألتزم دائما بوقت صلاة الوقت لو كان ملتزم على الوقت حتى لو كان ملتزم بالوقت أهم شيء يعني التحرك في هذا في هذا في هذا الموضوع فإذا فإذا يستطيع أن يتوضأ بالماء مثلا نعم ويصلي في وقت في وقتها يعني في وقت الصلاة فعليه أن يتوضأ بالماء يعني حتى يتأخر نعم حتى يتأخر نعم لأنه هو داخل الوقت وتعارى كاملا يعني نعم The Bible was asking so that if the person is in the scenario where they always pray the Salah at this particular time, really early. However, they, they, if they, were to, they don't have any water, and if they were to delay it, they can delay it to get water, but then they will delay their Salah. But it will still be in the time of the Salah. I want this person to do. Now, in this scenario, they would, it would be better for them still to delay it. Why? Because he then will fulfill the condition of having the tahara, the, the, the purification, in a manner which is complete, as well as fulfilling the salah at the correct time. Now, so, no doubt, when we talk about praying the salah uh, as early as possible, and uh, at the beginning of its time, then this is from fadl. As for tahara, and as for being in the state of tahara, and performing wudu with water, this is, a, this is an obligation. And so, this is why the person should perform the wudu at his time and Allah Hussain. If you're the traveler, it wouldn't matter. If you're the traveler, it's on the salah, of course. Yeah, that but means there's nothing asr. If it's not asr, then you can combine. Yeah. But if the mushkil is if it's asr time, no. then no, no combination there. But no, if it's dhuhr asr, you can combine. If it's any traveling, no. that's it. Thank you. وصلى الله وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم واخر دعوانا الحمد لله رب العالمين